Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's the Pompey Pubcast that combines the beers and the blues. Barros for Pompey, round Kushak goes down, penalty to Portsmouth and Old Trafford. Barros tripped by Thomas Kushak, who sent off Lantari do the job. He steps up, left-footed, scores for Pompey. They lead at Old Trafford in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Jamal Lowe's onside, the flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Portsmouth Football Club are promoted to League One. Curtis across the face of goal. Marquez! Marquez! He's won it! 96 minutes on the clock. Portsmouth are heading back to Wembley. This is Three Lads in the Pub. Welcome along to Three Lads in the Pub. This is episode 19. And we're not in a pub this week uh, because... Life's a mess, and so is our football club, and we are doing it on uh, Twitter Spaces. People uh, listening as we do it live tonight, so thank you for listening. And if you're listening uh, back on on all our platforms, then uh, good evening, good morning, wherever you're listening from. As ever, myself, Liam Howes, joined by Jeff Harris and Ryan Stillwell. Uh, Ryan Stillwell, who you're going to hear speak in a second, is not pissed or high on drugs. He is just deflated with Portsmouth Football Club, as are most of us. Good evening, Ryan. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh dear. Well, let's bring Jeff in first. Jeff, are you really happier? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just full of apathy at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's start with, um, with with Ryan. I mean, we've we've got loads to go through tonight. Actually, lads, let's 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 just start from the top because there's a lot to go through. Look, we, we haven't done a podcast since the news that Danny Cowley and Nicky had departed the club. We were recording recording that same night, and it was a couple of hours later, wasn't it? The news was announced that, um, that well, the Cowley brothers had gone. There's a bit of a backstory to that, isn't it? Because we were, we were meant to be interviewing Danny Cowley on the Wednesday. Yeah. And we joked before we recorded that, that podcast that night. And we joked and said, will it be Danny Cowdy football fan or will it be Danny Cowdy Portsmouth manager? And literally two hours later, he was sacked. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of us sat at that table in the ship Hansen, which we'll talk about in a minute, by the way. Absolutely awful news. I don't think any of us expected that to happen, did we? We kind of knew there was a possibility he was under pressure, but Ryan, I, I just didn't see that coming. The club's... Uh... The club's desire to keep hold of Jacket and keep giving chances to Jacket. I thought they were going to go along a, a similar path with Cowley for this one. But it seems that having learned from Jacket, they were very keen to avoid a happenstance like that occurring again. So this time they bit the bullet much earlier. They made the change much earlier. And if there was going to be a game and a showing which proved to be the final straw of the <clears> run we've been on Charlton's probably one of the best contenders for it it, it was honking yeah do, 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 I, I, I've been thinking <laughs> about this since since the news came out and actually I found it quite ironic that Danny has had a say in the appointment of Richard Hughes yet Richard Hughes has had a say in the sacking of Danny Cowley it, well, I, I now am of the... You know, and I think Andy Cullen has shown his true metal here as well. I think Andy Cullen, Cullen is more, dare I say it, more of a football CEO. And he has shown that he's got a ruthless streak. But he's, he's got a ruthless streak with a sense of, you know, <sighs> compassion about him as well. By the way, he, he spoke to Danny and Nicky about the news of, of their, their departure. Yeah, I'm now of the opinion that the way Hughes has come in and we're making signings without a head coach or manager in place, whatever term you wish to ascribe to it, the fact that Cowley has gone in the meantime, Hughes is one of the most important people in the club now. And actually, a lot of the club's future success will depend on the decisions he makes now. So there may be a, there may be a paradigm shift between where people used to look at a manager and think everything rides or dies upon his actions and his decisions, Hughes will become that guy. He'll be probably become more important than the head coach because he'll be the one likely to set the the ideologies of the club upon which we we base our footballing play, we base our recruitment, which permeates all the different teams within the club umbrella. So not just the first team, it'll be the academy team, it'll be the ladies team. Uh, I actually spoke to Jay Sadler about this. I saw him at the Spurs game and we spoke about how such a philosophy going across the club would look like and everyone would have that innate understanding of what everyone was pulling towards. So Hughes is definitely one of those that we may not hear a lot from him, as much as we would have head coach, but that man is going to be making big decisions all the time, all the time. And, and I think that's that's the that's the case in point, isn't it? Where I think I think COVID was the main player why the club stuck to Kenny Jacket, or when he, you know, when the time we all thought he should have gone. And COVID was in, and I think the cl- that bought Kenny Jacket several more months in, at the club. Because if if those results had happened with fans in the in in the ground with Kenny Jacket, he would have gone a lot sooner. I think the board would have reacted a lot sooner. Now, obviously, the Charlton game that was that was the tipping point. And okay, it wasn't good. 
by any stretch of the imagination. But I draw the line in giving a, you know, abuse to Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley's families and in the South Stand and all that. There, there's a line that you don't cross, and and that night it was crossed. And I think that that played on the on the board's mind as well as that you know, good people were getting getting abuse. Now look, Danny Cowley, Nicky Cowley done so much good good work with the club they're great people it just unfortunately never worked out yeah I think while from a coaching point of view you can certainly make a valid argument that it was time to make a change we'll not have we've not had a coach like that in a long time and we're unlikely to have one in the for a substantial portion of the future that immerse themselves so much within the community and the city itself and a lot of the discourse following the sacking was was really wide ranging because the at the moment you sack a manager <clears throat> that's the club admitting this isn't working this grand design we had for the next 2 3 years it's not working anymore that's where the discourse began on social media and all the forums in the stands whose fault is it Whose fault is it that we're in this mess? Now, obviously, a manager being sacked, the brunt of it always falls to the manager. It's easy to target the manager. And he's not without his faults, because we've spoken of this on this podcast before. But I don't think I've seen, maybe at most a handful of people, but I can't even remember if I have seen it, because, you know, I woke up yesterday and drove to Bolton and back. So excuse me if my memory's not perfect. I'm not sure I can remember anyone actually coming up with the right answer as to whose fault it is with the situation we're in. The answer is it's everyone. It's everyone at the club. People saying it's just the Eisner's fault? No. People saying it's just Cowley's fault? No. People saying it's just the players' fault? No. It's all of them. Every single person at this club has done something that has contributed towards the downfall of Danny and Nicky Cowley. And there's no escaping it. I get that it's easier to blame one person, to hang 100% of the accountability on one person, because then it's done with after that. Once you find someone to blame, once you find someone to pin it on, you can wash your hands of it and say, right, we've dealt with that, we can move on. But from the bottom to the top and the top to bottom, everyone at this club has made a mistake that has led to Danny and Nicky being fired to this position that we're in. It's it's Owen Dell's fault for missing an open goal against Fleetwood. It's Michael Morrison's fault for a disaster class at Charlton. It's Sean Raggett's fault for a disaster class against Charlton at home. It's Conor Ogilvie's fault for being constantly out of position away at Morecambe, which instigated their first goal because he was out of position. It's, uh, it's Griffith's fault for the multiple errors that cost multiple goals against Ipswich at home. It's Marlon Pack's fault. Tonicliffe famous games. A ton of Cliff playing squid games against Shrewsbury. It's, it's, it's Marlon Pack's fault for letting his man go at the back post for a free header against Milton Keynes. It's Cowley's fault for somehow not seeing that Sponson was ready to go but didn't play him for a whole month and in, insisted on putting Ogilvy at right back and taking him completely out of form and disrupting a natural flow of what was a consistent set of performances. It's Denver Hume's fault for missing an open goal against Exeter. It's Karoma's fault for not trapping, uh, tracking back properly against Shrewsbury when the ball hits the post. It's the medical staff's fault for not 
being able to re- rehabilitate any single player at this club properly. It's the board's fault for the fact that we had to sell our biggest asset at the club just so we could buy one forward. And as a result, we went on a team bonding trip to Spain with none of the three forwards that are currently at the club. Colby Bishop wasn't in Spain. Joe Piggott wasn't in Spain. Dane Scarlett wasn't in Spain. And if you look at the other players that didn't, that weren't in Spain at the time that have played a lot of football for the club since, everyone's the best of friends when you're winning. But when you're losing, you need something to fall back on. You need strength in adversity. You need to come together as a group in the bad times. But half the team that started playing games for Pompey week and week out weren't in Spain. Now, we were told we were going to get our business done early. We didn't. As a consequence, basically, the subs went... To, what What are the subs now? Went to Spain. And the first teamers were still on their way in. Rafty was still on his way in. Larry was still on his way in. Chrome was still on his way in. Dell was still on his way in. Bishop was still on his way in. Griffiths, Piggott, Scarlett. I could go on and on and on. But every single person has done something that has led to Nicky and Danny Cowley being sacked. And there's no there's no getting away from it. So Exactly. There's, there's, okay, there's no... you got rid of one part of the problem by sacking Cowley, but we're still a club full of problems. And I can tell you, having got back from Bolton last night with what was mo- far closer to a, a full-strength 11 than Bolton put out, we are still a club full of problems. Well, two of those problems have gone, haven't they? <clears throat> yes, we'll get on to that in a bit, which was uh, surprising <laughs> to see that happen in such quick succession. Yeah, but, Just quickly, lads, just yeah, a break, like, in, uh, break in play. Sorry, Ryan. Um, a few people asking what we're drinking. Um, bleach. Um, what else have we gone for? <laughs> bleach. <laughs> I'm joking. I've not really got bleach. Uh, have we got any beers? Have we got any beers tonight? Or are we not feeling it? I haven't. I've got, I've got a glass of black currant. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I've got Pepsi Max back to my roots, Ryan. I, I have some high quality H2O. <laughs> God, we have. He's got a litre of Red Bull. We really have fallen from grace, haven't we? Um, thank you to everyone <laughs> who's listening, by the way. There's uh, nearly 300 people listening, which is mental. Thank you. Um, I'm sure you're all tuning in to see um, what we think of the current situation. Um, <clears throat> but all in all, I think, lads, I think we're, we're all, I mean, Gutted it didn't work out for Cowley, but ultimately the right decision. But is there anything else you want to add on, on the situation, boys? No, you, you uh, know, this... look, I, I think sometimes we're a league, we're league one players and league, a league one team. Mm. And I think sometimes the coaching may be of a, a higher level than what some of the players could basically understand. Yeah. Ryan, sorry, mate. What were you saying before I interrupted you? I just, uh, I was just rounding it off by saying, you get rid of one part of the problem in Cowley, but you you have a host of other problems to solve. The important thing now is that yes, we're talking about this now because we've not recorded a pod since, so we have to talk about it now. But the important thing for the group and the group that remains is they are gone now. You can't turn back time. You can't rectify the litany of mistakes you've made in the past. What you have to do is you have to move forward and you have to take each game like it's the biggest of your season. And 
but I've got some I've got some points on that, by the way, uh, based on the 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 hugely contrasting displays at Spurs and Bolton uh, when we review those games, because uh, yeah, that, that was some. It's, 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 yeah. it's but it's the same as when we drew against Ipswich, which I thought was a good point against a high flying Ipswich side, and he can't back it up against Charlton. We, we are how many times over the last seven seasons have we said the only consistent thing about Portsmouth is the inconsistency? If this is sort of our mini segue into the Spurs game, because I would liken the structure that we, we adopted in the Spurs game to the structure we adopted in the Ipswich game. Very similar styles. You stifle the opposition. You make the opposition look poor because they can't break you down. The, yes, they played. They played well against Spurs relative to shitting the bed against any number of teams in League One. But the point is, how do you not get up for that game? Like it clearly, the fans get up for that sort of game relative to a trip to Forest Green, relative to a trip to Morecambe. So, of course, the players are naturally going to be up for it. They want to go to a stadium like Spurs in front of, what was it, 50,000 people? I didn't see the actual attendance, but it certainly looked nearly full. Of course, they're going to to show up for that one. But that doesn't necessarily take great leadership. That doesn't necessarily take great character to get yourself up for a game like that. Because when when you're a... when you're a footballer at this level, that's the game you want to be in. You want to be involved in a game like that. You want to play on the biggest stage possible. And for these players, it will be the biggest stage that they'll ever play on. So naturally, you're up for that game. To me, great characters, great leaders, great team unity comes in the games, not that you want to be involved in, but in the games you don't want to be involved in. Every single player wants to play in a packed out brand new stadium in the world's oldest cup competition, but not every player wants to sit in a Lancaster hotel on a Friday night to get a coach to Morecambe the next morning and then sit on that coach for seven hours on the way back. You don't want to have to do that. You don't want to have to travel to Bolton on a Tuesday night for a a competition sponsored by a racist pizza company to then have to go back to Bolton <laughs> on the weekend. Oh, <laughs> but but that, that's where strength of character and leadership comes in. It's the players and the leaders of those players dragging the team through the games they don't want to be involved in. Mm. And I know players can come out with the spiel of, oh, we want to play every game. Not, not to the same extent you don't, because I'm a fan. I wanted to go to Spurs more than I wanted to go to Morecambe, for fuck's sake. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Of course, there are different excitement levels for different games, and players are no different. But if you contrast the the energy and the grit that we displayed in the Spurs game to some of the other games we've played in this long, barren run, the point stands by itself. That the the the, lethar- the lethargy shown in Morecambe away, Wickham away, Milton Keynes at home, both Charlton's versus when we've gone to Cardiff in the League Cup and beaten three 0 
When we rocked up at Sheffield Wednesday with a point to prove after they hammered us 4-1 at the end of last season and drew 3-3 this season, when we beat recently relegated Peterborough 2-1 at home and deserved it, when we beat Ipswich in the Papa John's when they put far more of a uh, first eleven out than we did and then they came down to Fratton Park and we put in our most competent performance for a while, when Derby came down to Fratton Park, and yes, we didn't look like winning, but they sure as hell didn't either, our best performances are against the big teams. But those aren't the games you have to psych yourself up for. It's the games where you think you, you look at you look on the pictures and go, "Oh God, that's going to be a bit crap in it." I'm sure because well, we do it as fans. The point, you know, players are no different. We're we're nine points currently, nine points from the playoffs, but only nine points away from relegation. Oh dear. If we do not win, if we do not win Saturday, we we are probably, you know, and I'm joking when I say this, we're probably more odds on to have a relegation scrap for the rest of the season than what we are to get into the playoffs. Mm. Now, I don't At think this we're going to get, get... I don't, you know, if, if, if this form continues, we will be in a relegation scrap. Well, realistically, Bolton, we go back on Saturday. Hooray. <laughs> it's it's not looking realistic for a win there. Oh, but loved it. Loved it. <laughs> um, I forgot what the walk to the top of that away end is like as well. It's like, yeah. <laughs> is it like Sunderland yeah, or what? But, uh, but what's, what? The, oh, yeah. What the worrying thing is. If you look is, at the games the coming world... up, is where, where is a realistic <clears> win coming from at this moment in time? <laughs> But the only thing is, like, like you said, Ryan, we pretty much had our first eleven out. They had, they, they, they never, and they beat us. We go Saturday; they'll be putting out their stronger eleven. It, it's, it's a totally different game. And, and going back, going back to how we played against Spurs and how we played against Ipswich, not only in the league but in the Papa John's, where we sat back. And we hit it. We hit the. You know, we were soaking up the pressure. We were hitting on the break. To hear Bassey go, we need to be aggressive. We need to be dominant. I don't think we we've got the players to be aggressive and dominant. We we were told we were told we would have a hard working, hard high press, high tempo team. We have not seen that. And and the the falling off the cliff of this team who were absolutely flying, you know, and then it just dropped off. And it didn't just didn't just tail off, it dropped off. It dropped off the cliff so hard that they haven't come back. <coughs> there is something fundamentally wrong. There is something fundamentally wrong in that group that whoever comes in is going to have a tough time you know, of course, you'll get the new manager bounce. Any team gets that. But I just fear the longer this goes on, the worse it's going to get. They need to they need to appoint someone soon. And in my opinion, they need to do it pretty soon because this season is in danger of getting away I know it might probably means nothing, lads, but uh, manager bets have stopped on Pompey currently. There's no... Uh, bet Victor has stopped all bets. So, uh, did that mean something? I don't know. Well, they've done that the other day as well. But they, it came they? back on straight away, but it's been off for a good few minutes now because I've, uh, I've had a look. But 
it probably means nothing, but yeah. Um, Shall we? Um, what I found fascinating. What I found fascinating about last night's game is up until Bolton's goal, we actually played some acceptable football. We were we were targeting full backs two on one. We were getting to the byline. We were getting balls across the face of goal. We were turning the ball over. We actually looked fairly competent. And then, as it always is recently, we we find a way to concede the daft goal. And oh Zach, oh Zach, for all, for all of Zach's accomplishments recently. Uh, to commit a string of four hour, uh, four errors in about four seconds to slam the ball against Dion Charles, to then lose the foot race against Dion Charles, to then get thrown to the deck by mm-hmm. Dion Charles, not in a uh, malicious way. He generally just legally gets bullied off the ball. And then to, to swing and a miss with the tackle on Dion Charles, it, it goes across to Bodvars and he's got all the time in the world to slot it in. And once again, our response to conceding is is to essentially capitulate in terms of our attitude. The end of the first half is a complete non-event from us. But over the course of the game, we did... While we didn't have many great shots, we had so many good opportunities. There were so many good attacking opportunities and attacking spaces we got into over the course of the 90 minutes. It's actually staggering the amount of opportunities we got into versus the number of shots we actually got off on goal. The main offender last night for the the most egregious instant was Dane Scarlett. When he's carrying two Bolton players with him, you've got Ronan Curtis, who is for about five seconds... Screaming for the ball. He is totally unmarked at the back post. This is your way back into the game. Just roll it across and slot it home. It's 1-1. You've got a vital goal. It lifts the spirits and you think, right, there's something going here. And he doesn't even get the ball offloaded. And it's those, those are the opportunities I'm on about. It's staggering the opportunities we got into and didn't even get a shot off. And even when we did get a shot off, the execution was woeful. Curtis plays one somehow into the away fans. Joe Piggott had the most ridiculous P-roller down buster effort <laughs> where you should be able to wrap your foot around it, but it actually just bounced into the keeper's arms from all of 12 yards out. And it's not as if we didn't do anything last night. It's not as if we were absolutely lifeless up there. We did get behind them. We did get opportunities, but our execution, and this is where Bassey was right, we look, we look pardon the pun, shot in front of goal. We don't, we don't seem to believe that anything we do in the final third will actually result in the ball going in the back of the net. It, it's out of hope more than anything. And when, when it looks that way, and when your, your caretaker coach is saying, yeah, these, these guys don't look like they believe they'll score, how the hell are you going to win a football game? Yeah. Because that, that's the only way you win football games, by scoring goals. <clears throat> Shall we um shall we move on to the news that's come out tonight, lads? Um, because I feel we got, we've obviously got some guests coming on, so I think we might be on here a while. Um, if you have missed it, I'm sure you haven't. Uh, it was announced this afternoon that Josh Griffiths has been recalled by West Brom, uh, so his loan has been uh, ended short, cut short, and he's gone back to West Brom. I'm not sure the reasoning behind that. I mean, he was recalled, not sent back by Pompey, and then. Shortly after Josh Caroma, uh, it was announced that he was uh, Pompey were terminating his loan, cutting that short. Fantastic decision, in my opinion. Should have gone a long time ago. But what are your reactions, lads? Jeff, I'll start with you. 
look, it gives Josh Oluwemi a, a, a chance to be the number one, and it'll be it'll be interesting what we do. Do the club use the money we would have used for Griffiths to bring a, a, an outfield player in? Um, you know, for me, I'd rather I'd rather give Oluwemi a, a, a go at number one. We've been we've talked about it enough times. He's I've he's, seen enough of him to warrant a start in yeah, the league. Exactly, you know, in the Papa Johns and and pre seasons and that, um, Josh Caroma, I've made no bones about it. I, I I just didn't rate him whatsoever, whether it be his poor attitudes or or the his application of of when he's been given opportunities, and and he's just not. He's just he started off brightly, and it just again, just nothing from him. Um, Look, if we can, if we can either use that money to bring permanent signings in, who again give give this team a, a welcome shot of confidence, or bring in better outfield loan signings, then I'm then I'm all for Ollie Uemi being in goal. He's he's got a chance now, and yet so is young Toby Stewart as well. Um, so yeah, look, I'm not I'm not I'm not upset by them going. I'm not. I'm not overly, you know, ecstatic by them going, but we need to recruit now. That that tells me, those two going back tells me that Pompey have got at, at least one player lined up to come in to replace Coroma. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah, on the topic of Griffiths leaving, from the very first game at Hillsborough back in July, there were there were cracks in the armour. Now, obviously, you you do have your number one goalkeeper coming on on the back of Gavin Bazunu, who racked up loads of end-of-season awards last year. Always a tough act to follow. But Griffiths did look shaky from the get-go. Now, we can use the perfectly valid uh, caveat that he is young, that he's inexperienced. But then again, so is Bazunu. They just happen to be leagues apart. And with Griffiths, he would solve one problem. So there'll be a couple of weeks in a row where his distribution wouldn't be an issue. And he'd find the fullbacks and drop the, drop a 40-yard pass onto their feet, no problem. But then it would be his handling that would be an issue. And that, that carried all the way through the good part of our run. And then, weirdly enough, he actually started to become a bit more of an asset in the bad run. Uh, if I go back to Morecambe away... When you if you if you don't get to games and you watch uh, Soccer Saturday and you you brew, you browse the scores at the end, you always you always I imagine you pick up the scores. We go, buddy, that's a bit of a tonking. You know, that was a random three nil, four nil there. Griffiths is the sole reason we didn't get humiliated when they read out the scores of, uh, at the end of Soccer Saturday. We were absolutely battered at Morecambe, and Griffiths made three one on one saves that day. So there were there were bright moments to what Griffiths had here, but the bright moments were so far outweighed by the shaky moments. And again, I, I've made this point so many times where it's all well and good doing stuff in front of the away fans when there's a thousand of them and the, the, the thousand of them that go come back and tell the other 18,000 regular home fans, oh, you should have seen it was brilliant. Oh, he did this without the other. Well, that's all well and good. 
But when Griffiths is in front of the 19,000 against Ipswich and makes those high-profile errors, that's what 90% of the fan base will remember. That's what they'll see. That's what they'll take in with their own eyes. You've got to be able to deliver on home soil. It's like us winning at Forest Green. That was our last league win in front of 800 fans. That's no good. You've got to win in front of the the 18,000 that sink 400 quid into the club every year. And Griffith's better performances did come away from home. And his worst performances did come at home. And that contributed to why he became sort of a focal point for the criticism. So his loan being ended seemingly by West Brom and not by us actively letting him go. Either way, probably the right thing to do. It just never worked out from the start. Karoma's an odd one, though. This is where our, this is where Cowley is. Um, this definitely where Cowley's got one of these things wrong. He would always play Karoma in the wrong games. Because Karoma is Matt Kennedy of five years ago. Cut, get into the corner of the box, cutting in on the right foot, exploring the space inside, and, and going for goal. There, there are similar aspects to, to Vernon Curtis in that one, but I, I go with Matty Kennedy because it's a bit more one-trick pony. Karoma is made for games like Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, MK Dons, Plymouth, you know, high back threes. You can turn the ball over in midfield. You can get wide. You can get behind. You actually have the space for Karoma to pick up the ball, either get behind or get inside. Because when he actually does get to full chat, with the ball he's not slow and if there is a wide high back three he can get inside and take advantage of it but we were starting him against in games where they'd be a tight back four and there'd be no space inside like I think Oxford was one of the games where they sat up Shrewsbury was one of the games where they also sat narrow compact in a in a tight narrow four but there's nowhere for him to go inside we'd start him in the games where the one thing he could do would be the one thing the opposition could actually take away because of the way they're set up defensively. But we'd leave him on the bench for the games where you could actually open him up and get him to do the one thing he's good at. Now, I'm, I'm still having this, by the way. When I, I told you he was going to score against MK Dons, and he bloody well did. It's not my goddamn fault the referee don't. <laughs> not my goddamn fault Doesn't the referee don't know the rules. It did, it did count. <laughs> it's in the goddamn rules, house. All right. Yeah. So, lads, while you're um, while you're talking about Karoma, I'm I'm keeping an eye on this um, on these betting sites, and there's no odds at all available. Um, so oh. for me, that it is is this a case of don't go to bed yet, Pompey fans? Well, wow, and yeah. Andy Moon put Andy Moon put that on Liam <laughs> as a reply to Liam's. Uh, tweet earlier about yeah, but he was, he was offering me to, to go to bed so you know <laughs> yeah yeah but Ash, Ash, people like Ash Fowler and all that are going it's happening it's happening I was like no, there's nothing in this I mean look it, from, from experience when there's odds available on, some, on on something like this and they get stopped the bookies will, I, I don't know I've I got a feeling I mean look it's more than likely going to be Manning from, from what we're hearing and, and the you know the local news outlets talking about it just a quick break in play. What what are your thoughts on on that? Obviously, I, I'm all for giving someone a chance. I know didn't have a great time at the start. Was it last season was it this season with but, MK? You know, it's, what, what, are you, what are you saying, Jeff? And, and I've I've answered this a couple of times today on Twitter and WhatsApp groups and and all that. And people are saying, "Oh no, to Liam Manning." Look, 
in his first full season, he got MK did <laughs> up to up to you know playoffs. They then sold their three best players. You want to name them? Ah, uh, well, you oh, know, <laughs> <one of them. laughs> the pain never ends. Um, they sold their three best players. <laughs> you know, for large sums of money, they didn't really reinvest that money back into the playing squad it went on paying you know stadium bills so on and so forth so you're they were mk mk dins were always gonna struggle the following season by not replacing those players so his second season in charge people are just going well he didn't do so well did he but his first full season don't get me wrong he had a great squad that he inherited from russell martin so you know, I, I can see both sides of the argument, but he still had to get that team playing and playing, you know, a, a, an attacking high tempo football, and you know, building up from the back and everything else. So for me, if it is Manning, look, it's, it, we all probably knew it was going to be Manning right from the <clears> very start. Am I against it? No. Uh, would I give? Would I back the manager? Of course, I back any manager that comes in, apart from you know maybe one or two that were on that list. But I would still back the team, and I would still back the manager until such time there was due due course to not back them. Yeah, I think. Uh... But whoever comes in, whoever comes in, the board have got to give them money. <clears throat> now I've seen lots of arguments about oh it doesn't fit you know the financial play rules and that. It's all a fallacy. The board, the owner, can put money into a playing budget, whether that be for wages or transfer fees, if it's either done as equity or it's a donation and it's not secured on a loan. So if if the fair play rules for League One and League Two says it's 60% of your annual turnover, yeah, that is true. But Michael Eisner could turn around and say, there's £5 million and I don't want it back. I believe that's how... He is allowed to do it. He is allowed to do that. That is how Ipswich have got eight centre-forwards on their books. Because the owners are going, there's the money, we don't want it back. Pompey are allowed to do that. So when we talk about, when, when people post the board need to be back in, then someone comes up and says, we're going to spend 60% bollocks. You can put as much money in as you want, as long as you don't want it back. And that's the bit people miss. So show some ambition, show some money. You know, if 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 you know, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. If they, if Andy Cullen has said the board have made the decision of sacking Danny and Nicky Cowley because they want to make the playoffs and and the and promotion is still our own, they've got to come out and they've got to back it up with acute signings. And, and getting the right players to get us out of this slump. If that means changing, you know, send Piggott back, send Scarlett back, and we'll probably talk about that later, and bringing in more forwards and owning our own forwards, yeah. and, you know, bringing in more offensive players, bringing in wingers, then this is the time yeah. to do it. Uh, lads, we're going to... Unless you're going to back your talk up with actual signings, our own signings, then then this season. We'll done. look ahead to um, Bolton and we'll do our features in a second. But 
thought it was a good amount of time to time now to bring in Russ from from uh, Forgotten Pompey Goals. If that's all right, good evening, mate. How you doing? All good, mate. How you doing, lads? Yeah, all all right? Hello, Russ. We're good. How are you all doing? All right. Yeah, I mean Ryan, as you can uh, hear, is um, is delighted to be talking about Portsmouth Football Club. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like we all are. Although I must admit, I'm very happy about Corona pissing off. Great up. Oh, tell us how you really feel, Russ. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say that, but I, I yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Um, what, yeah, um, I don't know what to say to be honest. <laughs> I'm so out of bloody. Well, I, last night, you know what? Last night, I just made up my mind. I'm sick to death of watching Rico Hackett, Scarlett, Piggott, um, Chroma. I, they do. They generally watch them attack. It generally might be the worst attack we've had since probably under like Andy Orford. I think. Like I, they, other than Bishop, I, and I generally feel sorry for Bishop who gets nothing. Uh, watching them all try and play football gives me headache. It generally gives me a headache. <clears throat> yeah, I think if you were to take into account the amount of shots Bishop has overall versus how many actually go on target, the ratio is probably very good. Uh, he's probably among the best conversion rates in the league for a forward as well in terms of having a substantial number of shots. There's probably one forward out there who's had like three shots all season and scored one, but of a regular starting forward, such is the little service that Bishop actually gets that his conversion rate to shots on target and, and goals is probably up there with the, the higher echelons of the division. And like you were saying, Russ, about the quality of players, <clears throat> There are too many butts in this team. Yeah. Like, the, the, you use Rico as an example, so we'll, we'll go back to that. Well, Rico has a good left foot, but and it goes and it goes on from there. Tom Lowry is a great technical ball player, but Michael Jacobs is a great two-footed player who can come on and impact a game. But, and the thing is, we we all know, I don't even need to say at the end of each of those sentences, because it's blatantly obvious <laughs> what the end of each of those respective sentences is, and you can go through that there are too many butts in this team. Now, if you go to the other teams higher in the division, every team in the division will have players like that, because we are still in League One, but it's, they'll have enough players that don't have butts. They'll have enough players that that are just top quality for this division. <laughs> now we've got we've got okay quality for this division. We've got decent quality for this division, and we do have a couple of players that I don't think have a butt, <laughs> but we don't have enough of them that don't have a butt. <clears throat> if you've and just tuned in, we are where we are. If you've just tuned in, Ryan is not talking about arses. Um... Uh, well, well, I'm talking about, about a few of them. Arses, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been sitting here humming to mix and like, I like pups in my head. <laughs> I've just been attacked by my dog. <laughs> I'd rather be back at the pub. Um, yeah, hard to disagree with everything Ryan said there again. I mean, I, Actually, next... there, was, there was something I wanted to ask you, Russ. Obviously, you did yep. a Player Watch series. And I it's, do, it's yep. really good stuff. Cause you, you, obviously, you can't disseminate everything in 90 minutes. So it's good to go back and get. There's a lot. There's a lot I have to. Yeah, so there, there, there's a lot to do, disseminate, and you actually get a, a better look on individual things from the player series watch you've done so far. 
for good or bad, which player stood out to you the most? Like when you've watched a player back ind- individually, which one surprised you the most, either like positive or negative? Um, the ones, well, Swanson, obviously, like his performances, even in games where I haven't picked, he hasn't been picked to do the player watch, he's still the effort he puts in. <laughs> And how many one-on-ones he wins, like the duels he wins. You look at stats for duels, it's like no one can get past him. Um, uh, Mingi, obviously, as well. You know, just some of the games he's had has been absolutely incredible. Um, but a lot goes on about Dale. You know, people, people like, and I know I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not about to slag Dale off. I do generally like Dale. But he is a 45-minute player. Because obviously, I, I watched a lot of the games back again. Obviously, for ninety minutes, and he have an incredible first half. Like Itch's game, incredible, absolutely. Honestly, the first half of Itch's game was absolutely immense. Second half, he barely did a thing. Um, Pat's the same. Pat, would you, if I go back and look at the footage I've got of Pat for the first three or four games, the man did not stop moving. He would get the ball. He would pass it. We, we never did all that knocking about between the centre-backs and the right-back and then going back to Raggett and then back to Ogilvy and then he knocks it back to Robertson because he was there going, give me the ball. Give it to me. I'll do something with it. He ain't been doing that. He's not been doing it. None of them have. Yeah, I think one of the byproducts of the fact we're building out from the back now is we're totally incapable of turning the ball over. If you go back to the early portion of the season, how many goals did we score from turning the ball over in the opposition half or on the halfway line. We don't do it anymore. We turn the ball over in our back line or we turn the ball over when we get a set piece like a goal kick or a deep throw in. But we, we have to build out from the back now because that's where we win the ball back now. We, we don't win it in the opposition half. We're winning it 30 yards back. And then we're relying on centre-backs who aren't ball-playing defenders. We're relying on our ability to pass through teams, which we can't do. We were always very good at getting in their faces, turning it over on halfway and finding the biggest pocket of space that was immediately available and going into it. And we worked it to perfection that, that sort of August period. But yeah, this, this working out from the back thing, it is a byproduct of the thing we were best at. We, we either can no longer do or do no longer do. It's probably the former. I haven't got an explanation as to why, but we can no longer turn the ball over. And as a result, we start 30, 40 yards further back. And in the case of, let's say, Charlton at home, the two times we tried to play out from the back, they turn the ball over on halfway, they saunter into our penalty box and they score. I think teams figured us out as well. Like they, they, Charlton knew exactly what we wanted to do every single time. But instead of players thinking, "Oh, I ain't going to do that again," they they figured it out. They just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. It's like if you sat there and you think, "I know, I know," you're supposed to listen to what your manager says, but surely a bit of common sense comes into it. And you think this ain't working. I'm not doing that anymore. Do you know what I mean? I thought it was really brazen of well, Dean Holden uh, at Fratton Park before the game on one of the one of the club channels for uh he, he actually came out and said how he was gonna get us. 
and said, well, weaknesses were he's out for, you know, we, we do all this double talk in, in Pompey of like who's injured and who might play. And he, he was on the Fratton Park turf before the game uh, posting onto the, the chart on socials. Yeah, this is how we're going to hurt you. I, I, th- I thought that was really brazen and it worked. Like he, he did yeah. like the way he said he was going to hurt us was exactly the way they got at us. Yeah, but also the the players are definitely hiding. They're they're hiding. Uh, whether that's lack of confidence, I don't know what. Scarlet for you know you saying about the player watch. I used to love love watching the games, but just to watch Scarlet, the way he chased players down, he he harassed them. He didn't care who they were. He would bully them off the ball. When's the last time we saw him do that? He just a shadow of himself. But I remember that glorious week when we had Cardiff and Cheltenham away in the same week and Scarlet's pressing in in those two games, especially the Cheltenham game, which is 35 degrees, and the guy just would not stop running. It, it was an extraordinary dis- display of athleticism, determination, and we were f- he hadn't even scored a goal yet and we'd fallen in love with him. And it, it's just such a far cry from what we're seeing now. Russ, I've asked... To the point where last night he can't even offload the ball to Curtis. I've asked the boys this already, Russ. You may have heard if you listen to the podcast, but where is it for you? Where is it all gone wrong? And Ryan's quite rightly blamed everyone at the club, but are you, have you got any theories or conspiracies? No, I, I, told, I did listen. I, I, I agree with Ryan. And, and I was having this discussion with people I work with, with Pompey fans, that you know, some of them were like, oh, it's the Eisners, some of it's Danny. But quite clearly, it's it's... Like Ryan said, it is everyone. Everyone is to blame. The players. I've never been so mad at a group of players. I think supporting Pompey in all my life, other than like Ben Ayn, you know, would leave the club and stuff like that. I'm talking like as a whole group. Other than probably morale lately in Swanson, the rest, honestly, are they? I'm so mad at them because I love the Cowleys. You know, I had uh, many times chatting to them, like like yourselves. Um. You know, I had a, you know, they were lovely. My son met them many times, and you know, they were great with him. They were just great people. I know they don't win your football matches, but you just sort of think. And like, like I, I can't remember which one of you said it. I listened to one of your podcasts a few weeks ago. We just beaten Ipswich. You know, we just beaten MK Dons in the second round. Found out we got Tottenham away, and it was like they couldn't give a shit. You'd think they'd be pumped. It, yeah, you'd think I, they'd be I buzzing. This. Like, 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 like going back to the. EFL trophy games a few seasons ago when we were getting to Wembley, you, you, you could see the players had a lift in the league, the carrot of um, Wembley dangling in front of them. You, you could see he was up to it and wanted to play. And like you say, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, just no one, no one gave a shit. No one, no one, in my opinion, deserved to start that game against Spurs. And Andy Moon asked me on Sodent Sport last Thursday. Last Thursday, you yeah. get around, mate. Don't you? Um, yeah, well, you know, brag. Uh, do he, he said? Yeah, basically asked me, was the atmosphere at Charlton as bad as what Fratton Park used to be in the nineties? And I was like, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. You, you know, it's a fallacy. It is an absolute fallacy that Portsmouth fans have never booed their players. If you went to Fratton Park. At any time throughout the 90s, they were booed off more often than not. They were booed off at half-time. They were booed during games. They were booed off at full-time. It is an absolute fallacy that people think Portsmouth fans have never booed their team because they have. And the only reason it stopped is because we got promoted. 
promoted to the Premier League. And when we were in the Premier League, we had a siege mentality and we made a good atmosphere. And that's where it came from. So if any fan who who is obviously younger than, like, 19... Go and watch all the games. Go, go, go and get you know. Just watch Russ's channel and watch games from the night. Maybe that's what you should do, Russ. Put some games up there from the nineties and watch the reactions. Well, I, I remember the Crystal Palace game. Do you remember that oh, game? Oh, it was it was toxic more often than not. Yeah. And that Charlton game was was pretty much what it was like for most of the nineties. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Like, I was quite, you know, like, I was like, what, 10 years old in the 90s, but I, like, oh, that Chris, that Chris have game. just scored. Oh, they are. I can't believe how many empty seats there are, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, back in the 90s, I can remember, like, Terry, when Terry Fennick was around, everyone wanted him out. And obviously, all the protests <laughs> against John Gregory and stuff like that. Um, you know, it it um it definitely was, you know, not um not a good. Sorry, my son's looking for something. It's put me off. <laughs> my son's come around with his pants down um, around his ankle. So yeah, I know you feel. <laughs> See, I, I was I was re- I, I was born in the nineties, and I you know so I'm you know I'm still forming my memories when I get to the end of the nineties. But I, I do recall demonstrations on the pitch. I do yeah. recall that attendances yeah, were like yeah. eight, eight nine thousand. Yeah. I'm and sure my old man was um, sat in the middle of the Gregory. One of my thing. favourite fallacies you speak of is that forty thousand Pompey fans were at the Stockport game when Claridge scored. When it, when an actual <laughs> yeah. fan were like eight thousand. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The many, the many that were there that weren't. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, remember that game well because it was like we're not we're not singing we're not clapping we're not doing anything and it was like we're silent and then Clarence just belted it in yeah. after like two minutes or something well, oh, okay, and it was like oh like that, that Jeff were you gone. sat in the centre circle when they were protesting about Gregory uh, I cannot confirm on the mic but mate go back to the game where we were going to stay silent if I remember right didn't we like walk through um Oh, what's the name of the bloody road? Uh, Goldsmith Avenue with a coffin. It might have been that game, but yeah, it was. Yeah, Can you imagine obviously. that happening now at Fratton Park, it's... right? Everyone's silent all of a sudden on sixty minutes. Ding ding ding! Fucking Westford walks in. I didn't know what number to go with. It was sixty or, or seventy minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to round off that atmosphere, though, like, it, it's as we said on the podcast a few weeks ago, it's been getting worse for about two months, and there there are fights breaking out between fans in the stands, and chart chart was a culmination of it. We're, yeah, we're, we're in a horrific place at the moment for the the viewing and listening experience of a Pompey game. So Dan Warren, and... Dan Warren Holland says the big demonstration on the pitch was on Sky against Grimsby. Yeah, I've got, I've got the footage yeah. of that, funny enough. <laughs> I used to hate oh, playing against Grimsby. <laughs> yeah. um, you go about the Charlton game, there was a, there's a guy who sits behind me, he hate even the, the Lincoln game, he was shouting for Cowley to be sacked when we drew nil nil. He was generally pissed off that we scored against Charlton uh, before half time. He was fuming, absolutely fuming that we scored because he went, oh, that's it now, no one's going to boo. <laughs> he did. Yeah, that he was one of the... 
That was one of the sort of most weekly celebrated <coughs> goals I've ever been a part of. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I don't think I think everyone was <laughs> going to lose that game. People around me going, "Oh, just, just hurry up, is, Tom, get the first. This is we where can... we are. Yeah. Like last, yeah. last night, I I remember saying after the whatever game, uh, who did we shit the bed against? Oh, everyone, well, take your pick. Um, <laughs> Wickham was it Wickham? And I think oh, yeah, yeah. our next game was meant to be Accrington. And I said, the the players are lucky they're going to be playing in front of, and you know, a group of Pompey fans of like eight hundred with no roof, because they're not going to hear it as much. Obviously, Accrington got postponed last night again. They're lucky that they play in front of two hundred, uh, three hundred of us that are stuck in the ceiling. Yeah, but you know, there's going to be a thousand there, and the way that the way that uh, Bolton roof is structured it, it literally funnels the sound down to the picture a thousand will sound a lot more good than segue that. ryan if they, if they don't show up they're gonna hear good it segue into our next feature yes let's move on yeah to like um yes. before we uh before you let I'm a before we let you dash russ uh thanks for coming on by the way uh, keep up the good work mate so i'm a yeah, big, no big fan of big fan of your channel um yeah it's it's, it's a yeah, lot mate. of nostalgia and i love it um, yeah what, what what are you saying about uh what you're saying about the, the game on the weekend what, what, what can you see happening? Uh, if we've got any players, eh? Well, yeah, if we've got any players, well, they must, something must yeah, be happening must be. today, surely, or yeah. tomorrow. Um, although, we think, I think it's going to be, obviously, Liam All Manning. I'm saying, Pompey fans, um, is don't go to bed yet, because we're still not, we're still not <laughs> finished recording. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just hope, I hope if whoever comes in, whether it's him or someone else, that that's not Wilder, that people don't kick off straight away and just give the man oh, you know a chance. Will. Doing, um, <laughs> oh, I know they will, but you know, I hope that's just more a Twitter thing than an actual at the ground thing. I hope people yeah. at the ground get behind. Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you know, are we going to have that new manager bounce that everyone else seems to get? And hopefully we do. Like, I think when the Cowboys come, no way. Like, oh no, it's not too deal with it. Oh, and it is a corker of a goal. Oh, oh, no, keep talking, Russ. They, they're actually going to Russ. Keep talking. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is really hard one to predict. You know, with Chrome go, a single goal, a rope, uh, glad about. Um, you know, is Bassey in charge? Is you know, has, have we got a new manager in? Are we, you know, we got rid of Chroma because there's someone else we're ready to bring in. You know, maybe, maybe he's going to bring Scott Twan with him online or something. Who knows? Wow, wow, with Cullen and Manning there, who knows? And he's not getting any game time at Burnley, is he? So you never know. Uh, uh, no, uh, my dream come true. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a draw, but I, I agree with Jeff. I do think if we lose, that's it. It's over. I mean, I do kind of think it's over anyway, but you never know. Okay, <clears throat> Russ, mate, thank you for coming on, and um, yeah, like I said, hey, thank you, good work, mate. And uh, I can uh, just seeing that. And you, lads, Cheers, mate, nice one. Uh, we will uh, move on then, lads, and the uh, what we're talking about next. Then, oh, let's let's do our. I mean, well, we've, we Russ is giving his views on Bolton Ryan, obviously. Uh, you're going back there, mate. Sorry to remind you, but what you what are you saying? <laughs> oh, I just <laughs> it's when we were driving away from the stadium, uh, at like ten o'clock, just after ten, when Jake got off air, and I was just like, I, I actually have to see this again <laughs> on Saturday. Just a horrendous set of fortune. I mean, 
previewing Saturday, I don't know if it's a little bit premature because we have absolutely no idea who's going to be playing. In theory, we've signed a couple of people by then because we are starting to get rid of players and are we going to trust Aluwiemi yet? Like I've seen him, in, you know, I've been over game and I've seen him in the games, and he is good at commanding his box. But is he ready for a full-blooded League One fixture? Remains to be seen. I wouldn't necessarily say so. So you'd imagine a goalkeeper comes in before then. But the the way that we were so so determined to pass up every available opportunity to score a goal on Tuesday night, I don't see how this group changes that behaviour in the space of three, four days. You know, Bolton seem to be the far more coherent <coughs> unit that will learn from the things they didn't do well and rectify those in time for Saturday. We certainly don't appear to be the side that will do that. Especially when, at the end of the game, you've got, I think it was Rico and Ronan getting into a really heated, whatever you want to call it, in the tunnel. And he had to be separated. Uh, so it's good to see that the uh, it's good to see that the Instagram photo op of the post match huddle at Spurs did great wonders for this team. Yeah, each other's throats. I was going to say that. Did that actually happen? Yes. The it, it, um, the camera. I didn't spot it because you know I was staring into the abyss, questioning my life choices. But mm. everyone who's watching on iFollow is saying. Uh, as, just as the camera panned away, you could clearly see that there was a there were some handbags, if you will, between Rico and Ronan as they were heading down the tunnel. And then the camera pans away. Is what I've <coughs> seen multiple tweets. Yeah. So yeah, good good to know that the huddle did, uh, did its work. To be honest with you, to, to be honest with you, I was getting Phil Brown vibes when they done that huddle at Spurs. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh yeah, that would have been that would have been fun yeah. to be honest. But I've seen a couple of people say they they don't mind that if the players have you know finally well you got to back some up fight in performance. But, um, but to quote, but to quote Jake God. Smith. Uh, the man who, for so often, had splinters in his, uh, splinters in his bum because he sat on the fence. Uh, when he was given the the line, it's good to see the fight in the players, he, he very well responded, it would have been nice to see that during mm. the game. I'll tell you, you what know, Jake hasn't got. Scrapping, down the, scrapping <clears throat> down the tunnel is all well and good, but you got you got to go out and win a game. I'll tell you what Jake hasn't got on his bum. A Sean Rabbit tattoo. <laughs> I've, I've I can't believe that, he hasn't yeah. done that. Look, that that shows how long ago that was. I used to be on the radio when that happened. Bloody hell, that's a long time. Um, <laughs> that that used to be during a time where we would regularly be yeah. Ipswich. Yeah, indeed. Um, shall we? Um, I mean, Jeff, have you given your views on Bolton? I can't even remember. Uh, look, I think we're going to lose. I think we're going to lose 3 0. <laughs> I don't know why I asked. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Features. Should we get on with that? Um, who wants to go first? Much happened this week, Jeff, that we might have missed? Uh, not really. I mean, the, Bolt- the Bolton game, the commentators were, were really confident and, you know, coming, they were. 
kept saying we're going to win this 2 0, 3 0, blah, blah, blah. And it was quite, quite boring. You know, Sorry, my dog's chewing something. Sorry. <laughs> they, they, were, they were using puns like, can't wait to get to Wembley and, use, and have a oh, piece dear. of the action. And it's just like, oh, shut up. Um, but the main, main third eyes are really from Spurs. Um, the, the match they host was on the side of the pitch, and he was saying there was so many games between Pompey and Spurs over the years. Uh, Spurs had won 27, Pompey had won 28, and there have been so many draws. And there's been four FA Cup meetings, which he obviously went through. And the last FA Cup meeting he, he decided to talk about was 2010. <laughs> so he just threw the, uh, the stats card down on the floor and we won't talk huh? about it. <laughs> oh um, so Brian, Brian uh, Hill, he there was there was a moment <clears throat> in the first half where Brian Hill put it out for a goal kick, and Joe Morrell, whatever Joe Morrell was saying to him, was absolutely priceless because the look on Brian Brian's face was, what the fuck are you talking about? Because, so Joe Morrell was shit housing Brian Hill for for putting the ball out for a goal kick when he was just in line with a six-yard box. So, Joe, you know, by all means, let us know what you were saying to him. Because <laughs> whatever it was, he turned around and had a look of shock on his face. He was class, wasn't he? Um, Morale against Spurs. He, over the past yeah. month, he's yeah. been one of our best players. Him, him and Swanson have led the way. But, yeah, against, against Spurs, he was, yeah. he was brilliant in there. When um, the other one was uh, when Royale... <laughs> His header came back off the post. There was a woman in the lower tier near the Pompey fans, and she was giving it the big ones. She was giving it the V's. She was screaming. She was like not looking about what was going on in the pitch. <coughs> concentrating on the Pompey fans. We're like, you haven't scored. Mm-hmm. And she turned around and then quickly sat down. You know, thirty seconds later, after she realised that she just made the biggest tit <laughs> of herself in front of the whole stadium. <laughs> Um, and then the last one, really, I thought it was a nice gesture by the by the Spurs fans that they were clapping the Pompey players at at full time um, when the Pompey players came over to 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 the fans. Um, the Spurs fans that were on that that side of the pitch were were seen to be clapping the Pompey fans and and praising them for their performance. Probably tourists. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Brian, anything <clears throat> on there? Third eyes. Uh, yes, there was a Spurs fan evicted in the second half. Uh, bottom tier, as it curves around to the sideline, he was given something to the Pompey fans uh, by the lip of the barrier in front of him. And whatever he said, it couldn't have been brilliant because two Spurs stewards came over rather quickly and went, yeah, that's enough of that. And he got escorted to the tune of Cheerio, Cheerio <laughs> from about a thousand Pompey fans. So that, whatever he said, it had to have been pretty bad yeah. uh, because they, they, you know, you can have your back and forth and there were plenty of Pompey <clears> fans <throat> giving it the back and forth. But whatever that Spurs fan said, uh, he he got the equivalent of a straight red for him. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear, indeed. Uh, any other thoughts? Do I have anything? Do I have anything interesting from a Tuesday night trip to Bolton in the pizza pot? Um, no. <laughs> okay. No. On that note, Dublin's into the week. 
Oh, I've, uh, I've, I've just I've just had a text message from a, uh, an old army mate who I work with now. He's asking, he's a scummer. He's asking me what the scum score is because he's got bad reception. I was like, yeah, nice try. <laughs> I like that. I rate that. That's funny. <laughs> I tell you what I did do the other day because I obviously where my little boy goes to school was right in the middle of scum and Pompey. Um, well, kind of you, right, you know the Stubbington way. You get you get a mixture. Like white, you know, whitely is ways where you get a lot of scammers there, <clears throat> and there's a there's a couple that uh, that go to go to my little boy's school, and uh, after they got beat by Forrest the other day, I approached one of the uh, one of the mums and said, "What were you doing in 1997? Can you remember?" She said, "No, I, why, why would I remember that?" I said, "Oh, that's the last time that uh, Nottingham Forest won away in the Premier League. <laughs> they obviously beat them that weekend." She was like, "Piss off." Oh, it's good banter. Anyway, Ryan, Dom and Din. <laughs> uh, Din of the week. Well, I'm, I haven't really got much else to go to, so I'm, I'm going to go to a young group of Pompey fans, sort of late teenage years they appear to be. I was in the, I was in the top tier at Spurs. And I was second row back. So I was essentially like hanging over the edge <clears> of the top tier. And at full time, I was looking down to most of my mates who were right at the front of the big up Rossi. And but it, it, they are. And these, these, this group of lads started giving me grief, like giving it the, you know, <clears throat> oh, wanker, we'll fucking see you outside. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> what, what have I done? And then it's dawned on me. They think I'm a Spurs fan. Despite, despite the fact that I've got a hoodie on with the clear lettering Pompey on it, despite the fact that the fans in the top tier were clearly divided by a, a, a perfectly impenetrable line of high-vis jackets, clearly denoting the divide between home fans and away fans, you know, there, there's several distinct markers and they're like, you fucking, way. we'll see you outside, eh? you stupid. And I was like, and I'm trying to shout down to him, I'm one of you. <laughs> I'm a Pompey fan, for fuck's sake. And they're like, fuck off, you shit. <laughs> I'm like, what, what do you want me to do about it? So to the, to the young lads at the end, who apparently decided the best recourse after the game was to hurl abuse at <clears throat> the fellow Pompey fans, you can have dinner of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much else for dinner of the week. So that went dub of the week. Oh my! Th- this sealed itself the exact moment it happened. Now I'll set the scene. It's August. The bastards are in town. The bastards proceed to break Louis Thompson's leg. For several months, we wonder when the two bones running down said leg would heal and we would have our own bastard back to play. A surprise inclusion on the subs bench. Louis Thompson, number 23, is in the matchday squad to face Tottenham. Will we see a cameo? Gentlemen, we did not just see a cameo. Step forth, Louis Thompson, middle of the second half. Runs on like a man with a point to prove. And 90 seconds in, he looks his opponent dead in the soul and says, I'm fucking going through you and gets a yellow card. <laughs> I loved it. The moment he crunched him and got a yellow card, I was like, that is done yeah. for the week. 
get right Fair fucking enough. into him. Fair enough. <clears throat> Fair. Love it. Glad he's back. And I'm glad he announced it in brilliant yeah. fashion. Indeed. Right, Dan and Dean. Uh, I'm going to just quickly do um, my part of AOB because um, I promised I'd do this so I've just got to get the get the bits with him. We'll get someone from um, 4-0 in a second as well. Just got to mention... <clears throat> sorry, I've completely lost it. Uh, one second. Da, da, da. Yeah, some uh, sad sad news going around the Pompey camp this week. Um, it's been a, a really shit week, isn't it? Obviously, we, we saw the news that we lost uh, Steve Mack before... Uh, just after Christmas, <clears throat> which is horrible, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw that news. But they're uh, talking of doing it. Yeah, Pomp yeah. Oil, and he did a lot oh, of great work to yeah. raise to raise money in the in the bad yeah. days. Um, and they're uh, they're calling for a um, minutes applause. I believe on the fifty second minute of the game versus uh, Exeter on the twenty first. So if you can get involved with that, be um, well appreciated. <clears throat> and of course, the most seen the sad news of uh, young Ace, uh, young lad from Pompey, uh, on holiday in Barbados and uh, diagnosed with. Uh, I don't even want to say the word. You know, it's awful for his family. It's a rep yeah. of leukemia. It is it awful for his family, and you know, eight years old is no age. And yeah, uh, the reports coming out this morning are not looking great. So, um, our thoughts are with uh, with his parents and his family as well. It's really, really terrible uh, news there, and. Uh, as you know, parents Ryan and Jeff, you know it's, it's awful, isn't it? I, I was, awful. I I can't remember when I read it. Again, I've I've, I've been awake for like two days now. But when I did read it <coughs> the first time, the 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 final update, as it was called, I oh, yeah, same mate. Eyes. That is horrendous. Like, as a parent, this stuff just seems yeah. harder. And to to conceptualise it yeah. is awful. What they're going through right now, you know, they've gone on holiday and. That's happened. Yeah, and, yeah it's, uh, it's it's heartbreaking. Indeed, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but I also believe they're trying to um, <clears throat> get a eight a minute applause on eight minutes as well. Uh, eight the eighth minute in the next home game as well. So if you can get involved with that, uh, be much appreciated as well. And like I said, our uh, thoughts are with uh, Ace and uh, and his family as well, and his family and friends. He's got a big big following. The lad, uh, a lot of people. You know, on social media, sharing this. So, uh, yeah, my thoughts with you all. Um, gonna bring in Tom from Four Nil, uh, and I'm gonna put my little boy to bed because it is quarter to nine, and he should have been bed about an hour ago. But I am dad of the year, and I've let him stay up late. He's got school tomorrow. Tom, how you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm very well. Uh, before we get cracking, sending my thoughts to both sets of families that you just mentioned, um, and I know we're we're gonna do all we can on the Pompey socials. To um to get this as far and wide as we possibly can, yeah. three lads, four nil, forgotten Pompey. A anyone who we can possibly get the message to will uh will do just that because uh, you know he, the the first chap you mentioned is one of the most important people that saved our football club and, and Ace had his whole life ahead of him supporting our football club. Yeah, so the more we can do, the better on this. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep fighting. If you're off on dad duties, mate, I'll um I'll say hello and goodbye. But um, yeah, mate, I, I will be back. I've just got yeah, cheers, mate. I'll be back okay. in a bit anyway, but I'll just, yeah, you crack on, lads. But time over to you, mate. What, what do you want to say? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> not not much, to be honest. It's been quite a quiet couple of weeks, really. I haven't really got much to add. Um, yeah, I just, I've been listening all night and I shot off and had some food and came back. Um, I think that the point about. Oh, we were still, we were still talking about the same uh, thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> Brilliant. Um, in that case, I've missed nothing. Yeah, uh, I just maybe wanted to add. I'm a big fan of Richard Hughes's moves today. Um, I think it's a, it's a well known fact that we've we've needed a shift a few needed to shift a few players around, haven't we, in order to bring some in and we're at the limit in terms of bodies in the door and in order to improve. If it's not going well, which it obviously isn't, then results based business stipulates that that they have to go. So all the best to. Um, to, to both Karoma and Griffiths in, in that point of view. Um, delighted, as Jeff said earlier, that Oliver Yamey is going to get a, a start. I've seen a few people say, oh, he's sparse on his minutes in his league, etc. But what I've seen from us this season in the early rounds of the the, the um, sorry the Racist Cup competition um, that's sponsored by a racist pizza company, as you <laughs> described it as... Um, I, I, I was at Ipswich. Uh, Does anyone know the context of that, by I, the way? I do, but I think you're the best man to, to explain to everyone. <laughs> Uh, very, very, very abridged version that Papa John himself uh, once used some proper derogatory language in a in a very official conference meeting, and uh, he basically got fired by the owners of Papa John. Yeah, horrible stuff. From but yeah, that's the context. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> That. Um, yeah, Yemi, I mean, it's a, it's a shame that he gets his chance. Slash, we assume he gets his chance in the league when push comes to shove with Griffiths. But rather than a merit of performance in in cup competitions, um, put it this way: I think the the best way to to sum up what's going on at Pompey at the minute is I got a message earlier from a subscriber saying you're going to need to take your boots up on Saturday to make up the numbers, um, and I think that kind of just basically tells you all you need to know in terms of the sorry state of affairs and and everything seems to have this underscore of insanity to it by which we're expecting to improve off the back of glimmers of previous successful performances i.e. what you guys are chatting about for Spurs and and Jeff talking about that decent point against the top side of Ipswich um, against our opening games of the season and and it's a, what do we make of the teams have found us out by the way I'd be interested to see your thoughts on that people went oh yeah teams have found us out people know how to play against us 4 4 etc it's got to be slightly more than that surely now I just think we're shit. I just come back and that was <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? It's I true. don't say that next time you're doing think, a, well, another form have... somewhere. <laughs> now we're just shit. <laughs> I, I don't think we have been found out. I just think we are playing really, really poor. I, 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 there is that's that's how simple it is. I just think we are playing really, really poor. Oh, confidence thing. It must be, mate. It must be. You know, that's the only. But it's it's how it's rare that every single one of them has had a confidence blip. So so, although I'm saying it must be, it's got to be more than that mm. because you know Marlon Pack last night was saying I've had enough of not winning games. We'll do something about it then. Yeah. The, 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 if they if you know the the bust up in the tunnel. Do something about it. Hmm. The the uh, there's enough there's enough characters in that squad to do something about it. And as Ross said earlier, you know there's too many of them hiding. And when this new manager comes in, there's going to be no hiding place for any of those players. There's nothing for them to hide behind because a new manager will come in and he was in and it's. Everyone will start again. Everyone will have a clean sweep, um, and you know, and a fresh start. 
but one or two of them will be found out pretty quickly. Yeah. Can I um can I make a suggestion for for another contender for your dub of the week, please, Ryan? Is that possible? I don't I don't know. If oh, you... by all means, I I uh, I mean it's it's locked in, but I'm always open to honorary mentions, uh, some adjudication. So by all means, um, Colby Bishop for a certain Twitter image posted during the week that I particularly enjoyed in a Starbucks. Oh yeah, I thought right. that was tremendous. <laughs> Very good content. I'm actually surprised though how many people that got sucked into that. Yes. Did you see? So. Like it, it was. It was clearly uh, a, a parody account or account not to be taken seriously. I'm, I'm staggered that it drew so many people in. But yeah, the the response in itself Did was you, very amusing. Listen, listen. That that rumor about what was said was out three or four days before yeah. that account tweeted it. Yeah. Did you see the Joe Piggott reply to that dick on Twitter as well? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad yeah. I missed this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. The, the... But it was actually uh, Pompey Pedro. Pompey, old Pedro posted it two, three yeah. days before. The um the the worry for yeah. me is the fact that the the players and I know that it's just a, maybe Colby's just taking it as a bit of fun or whatever. But when you're at the point where you're having to quash rumours from accounts like that, you know that there is really something that it, it's, it's just kind of it's it's kind of the lowest of the low, isn't it? And and yeah. it's yeah. It's, uh, also, up until yeah, you're trying too hard, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like ha- he uh, what's it, what's it, what's the phrase? He doth protest too much. <laughs> there we go. That's tremendous. I'm glad you've got that <sighs> in the in the podcast for this week. Tom, that's a potential <laughs> title contender. I think that that little phrase. Oh. <laughs> so, Tom, who where where do you think we need to strengthen? You know, obviously Griffiths and Chrome oh, have gone back to that. Yeah. Where would you like to see us us strengthening? With those two slots on the yeah. field, <laughs> well, on the field and in the stands, in some respects as well. But maybe that's for for another story. Um, oh no, no, no! Do tell. Well, no, it's just there's just been an amalgamation of things, isn't there? I've seen that Westwood video about ten times today as well from last night. <laughs> You're gonna have to send that to me. I've not seen. No, that. the one I, you must have seen. You don't want the one to. Where he's... Seen it. I was three seats down from him. <laughs> if you look very closely, you can see me sat down, pretty much head in hands. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going re- to read your message that that Tom sent me. He said, "He said I can hear your delight for Chroma going shining through my phone and two laughing faces." Yeah, that was that when you were chatting about it earlier. I think he's just trying like, well, at least Karoma's gone or something like that. And I was, oh, result. Yeah. Pe- people might... Oh, speaking of... Go on. Sorry, go on, mate. Go I was on, just going to say, pe- people might not know this, but me and Jeff spend sometimes a little bit of time together in the Victory Lounge. And I, I can assure you that the, the delights for Karoma being gone won't just stay on the podcast and what you hear. It, it will be very much <laughs> translated in person as well. So That's what I was going to add. Yeah. Go on, Ryan, sorry. I forgot a I forgot a third eye from the Bolton game actually. Oh, we've, there we go. Uh, you you folks will probably be familiar with that daft little rendition of Blue Army I do, right? E- elongate the R bit for like half. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I, where you so like, where you burst my eardrums at Sheffield Wednesday away? Yeah, I did that in the first half, and then about half a minute later, my phone buzzes and it's Jake Smith way across the stadium <laughs> in the press box going, "Was that you?" <laughs> 
<laughs> He's heard me like the whole way. I haven't heard this. Yeah. <laughs> can, we get a, it. can we get a rendition now? Is that possible? I've been up for like I've been up for thirty-eight yeah. hours. Right. Maybe. I think on that note, um, <laughs> I think we should uh, we should call it a day because I've got to edit all this. This is going to be fun. Oh, I've got a confession, but it's not a bad one. Uh, luckily, I am recording it twice because the other device I was using died halfway through. So uh, luckily, I have a backup, Ooh. which is Tom. Uh, as you can imagine, worst nightmare recording stuff. It doesn't actually record. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I feel your pain. Yeah, I mean, well done on the backup. Yeah, Good of thinking. course, mate. I mean, after Ryan's <laughs> fuck up last time, um, I thought it was best. Probably best. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? <laughs> do you know what even my missus said to me? Oh, aren't you technical doing all that? I was like, thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Um, all right, lads, should we, should we call it a night? Because it's, it's, it's nine o'clock. Um, we've, uh, we've, yeah. we've gone for a lot, quite a long episode tonight. Tom, thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it, as ever. That's all right. Thanks for the invite. Nice to speak as to you ever, guys. And, uh, See you Saturday. Up you, the blues. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers, mate, for coming on. None of that positivity here. <laughs> Can we get it? Yeah, he's got, he's got four nil already. The unfortunately, to Bolton. Like, definitely, time, definitely time to go. My dog is humping my coat. On that note, thanks for listening. That's the three lads in the pub. Uh, hopefully, some positive news uh, for the rest of the week, manager-wise, player-wise, and just Pompey. Don't be shit. Be better, please. Um, don't go to bed. Good. Hang it, hang it on bed. the changing room wall. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you to all of you tonight that have listened. There's been, a, there's been over like 400 people at one point, which is mental. Thank you so much for that. Really great numbers. And this will be available to listen again to on all of our, um, what are they called, platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, etc. Uh, and yeah, do make sure you tune into our next episode. So lads, thank you very much and good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.